You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. So please give a round of applause for the men in the audience. Okay. Thank you for coming. Please spread the message to your fellow brethren. Thanks. Um, okay, so today we're talking about women and work in the spirit of International Women's Day, each for equal. And for the first half of today, we're going to have someone come and talk to us for about 25 minutes. And then after that, we're going to have a panel, <laughs> panel discussion. I'm just going to read her profile, very impressive profile. And then after that, I'll be very gladly leave the stage so that she can continue. Okay, so Okwayemi Oduole. Okwayemi Oduole is a seasoned wealth management professional with an extensive bank, <laughs> extensive bank of knowledge on local and international wealth management as well as advisory services. Wealth management, very important with all that's going on. Um, she currently serves as the country head of private banking for Sterling Bank. Prior to this, Okwe was head of privileged banking at Diamond Bank, now Access Bank. She also worked at Stanbic IBTC, where she managed both high net worth and ultra high net worth individuals, yes, God, holding regional head roles and manager business strategy for private banking during the course of her time there. Okwe is passionate about youth empowerment and equipping women with the necessary tools to thrive. She's an associate of women in management, banking, and, and public service, WIMBIS. If you're not a member of WIMBIS, you are hereby invited to join. Or oh, if you don't participate in the events. Um, and she has served on his conference planning committee. Yes, if you participated in WIMBIS last year, she was the live screening, you know. Um, she's also an effective public speaker and has demonstrated this across several reputable platforms, including here today. For the last two years consecutively, Okwe has been recognized as a leading woman in banking by the Association of Professional Women Bankers, an arm of the prestigious Chartered Institute of Bankers, Nigeria. Okwe Emi Oduole is a mentor to several young women professionals. Can you be my mentor? <laughs> She's a change agent, blazing the trail in Africa's wealth creation and management space, and is one of Africa's celebrated young leaders. Please celebrate Okwe Emi Oduole as she comes to speak to us today. Good evening, everybody. I used to, many years ago, well, not that many, a few years ago, have the honor of serving as the head of the youth church. So that good evening was not, he um, had kwashoko. Good evening, everybody. So I'm going to put a disclaimer and put this all on God because me and him, we've been having a very interesting conversation in the sense that what I wanted to share is not what I felt the Spirit was telling me to share. But because I'm a child under authority, I'm going to share what the Spirit has asked me to share. Don't worry, we are still talking about careers and business. Because people are already thinking, ah, I came for career. You know, this woman is about to shift the dial. No. But you see, the way God sees things is totally different to the way we perceive things. A lot of times, where the time he opens your eyes to his own agenda in a matter, you're blown away because you just realize how much of a master chess player God is and how great a strategist he is. And he has come to, um, he has asked me to share one or two things with you this evening. I don't know how to sing, so you will endure my voice, but take the stage, Lord. 
have your way. I'm just your vessel, nothing more. And when you're done, please take the glory. It's my delight just to see you glorified. In fact, take the stage, Lord, and have your way. It's Okwe, your vessel. She's nothing more. And when you're done, Daddy, let it be clear that you've taken the glory. Because it's my delight just to see you glorified. In Jesus' name, I pray. So God sent me on a small errand. And the errand was, I was busy thinking, we're talking about women and, and men and how men. And God told me, what are, you, what, 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 are, what are you talking about? As in, women, men, you know, when you're praying, God asks us to tell you, let me rearrange it for you and explain what's really going on. So there are three things that God has asked me to quickly explain. The existing narrative, what it's really about, and how you live above that narrative. So the first question I asked myself, we were talking about, um, you know, how, what happens in the workplace, you know, the resistance. First of all, let me be honest with you. I personally feel, I might be wrong, honestly, I might be wrong, that until you get to senior to, like, middle to senior management, you really don't feel the effect of the gender game. No, not really. And I'll prove it to you this evening. There is something called value in the workplace. Value is not a function of gender. Value is a function of the output that you give based on the money that is being paid to you or the KPI. KPI is, they've told you, bring 500 naira. They've told you, do meetings. They've told you, bring creative ideas. Whatever it is that they have told, and if you're in school, they've told you, pass your exams. That's your KPI while you're in school. The best time of your life, by the way, if you're still in university here, the best as enjoy your life. <laughs> Once you finish like this, that's, as in, so enjoy it, have fun, take, as in, take time out, do things with your friends, like really enjoy it. So that when you look back, you're like, yeah, I had a blast while I was in school. For those that are still in school, those that are finished, that one has passed. Let's face the real matter. But, um, when you walk in a place, somebody says, do something and I will pay you. Right? Am I right or am I wrong? Right. Now, the extent to which you do that thing well is the extent to which you'll be recognized. So I lead teams. And I can tell you that the extent to which people do things is the extent to which I recognize them and reward them. So a lot of people complain, and I sit with a lot of young people, and they actually complain. Uh, I thought I should be promoted, but they did not promote me. What was your last score? Uh, I had a B. Why did you have a B? Uh, my boss did not define my deliverables well. Why did you not ask your boss if you did not understand what your deliverables were? Uh, I was afraid. Is it making sense to anybody? Uh, 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 how many people are working? Just wave. Uh, 
Eh, I was afraid. You were afraid of what? Eh, you see, this man, woman is not, is usually a woman. Men, are, they say they are nicer when it comes to on the junior level. Say, eh, was that man or that woman? Eh, you know, when you go to her, she's always shouting. Eh, she shouts, or she'll tell you to get out of her office, or if she's in a bad mood, or she just came back from a meeting. I've heard it all. But you know what? The onus lies on who? Who? You. If you are, let me, let me give, let me just break it down to Bible terms for you. In Luke chapter 7, because I like to use the Bible to check myself. Verse 18 to 23. John the Baptist sent people to Jesus. He said, Jesus, are you the Messiah or should we look for another? If you have your Bible, you can open that scripture. Do you know what Jesus did? Jesus didn't even answer the question. The Bible says Jesus turned, healed the sick, raised, uh, opened the eyes of the blind, performed other miracles, and now told them, go and tell John the Baptist what you have seen. So the answer to the question was not an explanation, it was results. What happens to a lot of people is that the answer is an explanation. Why I hate M discussions. You know what M discussions are? When you're having your end of year appraisal, there are different types of discussions. There's a discussion where, you know when you drop your numbers? Ah, even when you're walking into the room, you're like, that, you know that 007, that, the song with the, that's how you're feeling. You're like, ah, I've finished it. Ah, I'm bad. As you know, that the, all your boss is going to say is look at you and say, well done. And you'll, be, you'll now be having promotion discussions. And there are the conversations where, you have to pray. You will fast. You will tell God, please just let this person be in a good mood. Do you, are you following me? Help me rearrange. Because you know that, that those numbers are not speaking. But God told me, gave me the scripture one day and said, Jesus never answered a query about his life's assignment with an explanation. He answered with what? Results. So it's even like your Christian walk, but we don't really have time to dive into that. A lot of times, the, reason why, the reasons why unbelievers do not listen is because there are no extraordinary results. Because guess what? Laban once said of David, I think it's Genesis 30, 27. He said, I have gone to investigate by divination that you are the secret of my success. Do you know what that means? It means that the numbers were not making sense. He said, my business was small, but somebody stepped into that business. And I started to scratch my head that something is going on here. This thing does not add up. So you know, because he was not a believer. What did he do? He went to your boss. People say, "Oh Lord, that far." Ibo people say he went to see the DBR. You know, he went to the place he knew and said, "Please, there's there's something I don't I don't understand." They told him because in the realm of the spirit, you do see. They said there's a boy with a grace in that your business. Now, when Jacob carried his load, resigned in court and left, was it Jacob that was chasing Laban or Laban that was chasing Jacob? How many people can remember in their Bible who was chasing who? Laban. It's like somebody resigning and the boss says, ah, ah, this guy, ah, come, let's discuss. Do you want salary raise? What do you want? Tell me. Ah, because he knew. My question to you that God said to ask you is, in your office, if you resign, will they know? Or will you just be somebody that left that they can't even remember? No, let's be honest to us. Let's, let's be real. Because I don't like to lie to myself. If you resign today, will they know? And you don't have to be senior to resign for them to know. There are people that are junior. If they say they're going to resign, I know I deal teams. I will call HR. HR is the person resigning. HR will come and say, sit down. Let's discuss what's the problem. Talk to me. How can I help you? Is this place this? I know somebody that said he was going to resign and they told him, what is, wait, they got gave you a new job. Come, 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 come. Let's discuss this new job. What is, is this salary? Bring the, bring the offer. Bring it. Is this salary increase? We'll help you. Is it? 
Will you have that kind of conversation? The question is, how, so when people start telling you things like this, me, my, my brain is calculating, so how do I have that kind of conversation? Because please wave if that's the kind of conversation you want to be having. So God tried to change, to first of all change the narrative that it's a value game. It is, a, it is always a value game. The Bible says in Genesis, I believe it was 39, the Bible said about Joseph, he said, Potiphar said, he looked at the results. He said, ah, there's something. So can you see a pattern? Joseph, Jacob, there was, it was extraordinary. Joseph, it was, and before you say that it were the patriarchs, does the Bible not tell you in Ephesians chapter 2 that you have been grafted into the commonwealth of Israel? And that you are now under the blessings of Abraham. What that means is that what they did, you can duplicate. It is part of your covenant rights. So why would you walk in an office and your results will be average or mediocre? And you have not entered the secret place to go and turn that thing upside down. I am a product of many battles won. You know, I sat in a meeting as in Fufu and Pastor Folusha. Is that what I should call her? Folusha and I have had many, we've walked through some some of my trials together, I have, I am if somebody asked me somewhere and said, um, what is the, how did she say it now? People say that you've risen very fast in your career. What's the secret of your And I had to start scratching my head because you know why? I really didn't have the answer. I am the product of having been told in a meeting. So I'm saying this so that somebody doesn't start to think that it is always that easy, that you don't know what you're doing. This is rubbish. And going into the toilet, which was my own secret place in the office, and locking the door and crying and saying, Daddy, they, have, they want to disgrace me. Do you understand? Can you see? And he said, I, and he gave me a word, and I held on to that word, but continued doing the work. And then the customer calls me and says, how much, how much rate would you give me for... I think it was about 900 million, which would have, you know, when, you know when you get a number that just throws you across. So I was already excited. I was like, ah, he said, no, 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 I don't want that. Go and get me better rates. I ran to my boss. I was running here to have spray, favor, favor. I got the rates. I was waiting. At about 2.30, the guy called me. No, about 2. He said, where are you? He said, come to my office now. The speed at which I inside the car. I got to his office. I signed all the documents, collected everything. I was at the end of Glover. And the guy called me. He said, which God do you serve? He said, because I wanted to give that money to Fidelity. But the Fidelity guy just called me that. I, call, he call, I called him in the morning. That's the client called him and told him that, and asked him for a rate. And of course, he was negotiating. So the guy said, I will come back to you the same way I said so. And the guy was telling him that from that time, from that time, he had been looking for his phone. Now, in fact, he got to the stage that he started, they started looking for the client's file. So the whole office was looking for the client's file and the phone. They did not find both file and phone. You see, as I walked away when I was calculating the time, as I was walking out of that place with my file, the guy said he just looked under the table and saw his phone. Please, this is an office they turned upside down because they were looking for a phone and the phone was under the table. Is it possible that angels held that phone? Because that day it was my day. But that day did not come up because I was sitting down crying. It came because I had a challenge and I entered into the secret place. I said, I am a child of the covenant. Men do not laugh at me. It is a covenant matter. Do you understand me? Because I'm talking to young people that have a, you have a long way ahead of you. And there are certain things that happen to you when you're a Christian in the marketplace. Irrespective of whether you are a man or a woman. There are many things that break down. I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I close in time. There are things we could have spoken about. There are many sides to, um, to value. There's skill. See, a man diligent in his work, right? That's part of value. You have skill. 
right? Are you following me? There's character. You have integrity. They can trust you. Then there's what I call the anointing. And I break the anointing into three. Wisdom, favor. Favor is influence. Favor is that aroma that people, in fact, remember that when Isaac was blessing Jacob, he said, you will smell like the field. You do, you, your aroma, you know those people that you meet that you just like, you don't even know why. It's, ah, I want to help you. What's the problem? And you carry it on your head as if it's personal. It's called favor. People just look, they're just drawn to you. Do you understand? There is wisdom. There is favor. Then there is power. I was listening to a sermon and the guy said something that changed my life forever. He said, Jesus came out of the water and God declared a word. This is my son. Hear ye him. And the whole world has been hearing ye him since that time. So you can enter into the secret place and God will say, that is my daughter. Hear ye her. And all of a sudden, people will be like, ah, where did that girl come from? I mean, one minute we didn't know her. The next minute she's everywhere. It's like she's the only one. But you know where you are coming from. And you know where you got your results. I have somebody on my team that said to me one day, I had to speak to her. She's very good at selling. And I had to speak to her. And I told her, I said, you know that there are many people that work very hard and don't get results. I said, if you understand what it means to work hard and get results, do you know what will happen? Every single time you get results, you will go and find a place. You will, because you know that God has shown up for you once again. There are people that know more than you, that nobody knows them. There are people, God has so many options. Don't think that you are spectacular. You are not. There are so many people, and I'm really serious. I interview people. There are people that are smart. There are people that are intelligent. There are people that are connected. There are people that work hard. There are people that have integrity, and yet they are not where you will be in the future or where you are now. And it is not anything spectacular that you did. It is just that grace found you. And for that reason alone, that alone is enough to keep you humble. Because the same way he brings up one is the same way he puts down one. Remember that Gio always says that God told him many years ago that if you become proud, the same way people know you is the same way I will just wipe you away and nobody will ever know you even walk the surface of the earth. So as God blesses you, post this conversation because we're going to pray after the panel session for like a few minutes. Do you understand? And I know that people are going to see results. So as God blesses you, post conversation. I want you to remember the back of your head. There are many options. There are many options. I just happen to be chosen by grace. Because pride is a destroyer of destiny. It, nothing can destroy you like pride. It will bring you down so fast. Some people, fast is even good. At least you have time to repent. It's the slow one that is bad. So you'll be thinking you're like Jessie until one day you're wondering what happened. Is anybody getting anything? Yes. Is anybody being blessed? Yes. So God started to tell me. He said, that's number one. So number one, we talked about value. Number two, I'm going to mention it quickly. He said, kingdom agenda. I'm talking to believers. He said, you've forgotten that your life is not yours. I hope you know that. The day you gave your life to Christ, your life is not yours again. That means your career is not yours. How many people have ever thought about that? So you know how we go to work, we go to, we go to school, and uh, what's that thing we do? We go to school, then when you finish school, you say, I'm looking for a job. You understand? Then you're looking for the job, then you send out your CV, then you're, you know, you're harassing everybody. I sat at home for exactly one year to the day. One year to the day. Like when you count it, it's exactly one year to the day. If I had known it was going to be one year to the day, I wouldn't have worried. 
During that one year, I used to have daddy days. I called, I used to call them daddy days. I would lock myself up. No friend should call me, nobody. Me, I'm going to be gisting. Ah, daddy, you know, as I was reading that Bible, oh, hey, ah, this scripture is interesting. Ah, <laughs> as in, I'm honestly, if you passed by my room, you would have thought I was a crazy woman. Because you won't see anybody, but I'm talking. You understand? And I'm laughing. Because God does have an amazing sense of humor, actually. You understand? So, he will say, you, guys, you guys will be just, ah, big deal. Then I'll be planning the future. I'll say, hey, so we don't even do like this. Then we'll do like this. Then I'll feel like God is like, hey, what's wrong with you? You, you will hear him. He'll give you instructions. He will tell you things. He will paint pictures. I used to have daddy days. One year to the day. To the day. But I tell people that I got the job that I had, which I had to get because of the journey that I have. So every other door was closed until that particular job was open. And guess what? When I went for my interview, I went for an interview for a PA role in a bank. I have a 2 1 in chemical engineering. My friends were like, they still can't get over it. You mean I had it when you go to go and do somebody's secretary? But I felt I was just tired of sitting at home and I said, you know what, let me just do something. And guess what happened? How did I even get the interview for the so-called PRO? My friend's husband, my paddy, my almost bestow. I don't have bestows, but you get somebody that is very close to you. That has been in HR forever. Did not remember. That used to see me all the time. That's why I did not have a job. Then I went for the experience, one of the experience, the one T.D. Jakes came for, and he spoke a word about Lazarus coming forth, at which at that time, the old half of the three quarter were sleeping. <laughs> and he like snoring the time that he wake people. I, it, no, till today it's very painful. And and TD Jakes was speaking destiny changing words that day. And then he then now God now finished with T Jakes and then Don went took over. And then he led worship. It was you know when they say signed, sealed, and delivered. I left that place. I knew I had a job. I didn't see it until February, but all of a sudden in January, somebody shows up and says, "My my friend's husband was. Is he just ah? What's up? We're doing since." 19 Bogboro, you did not know. Eh? You did not remember. He said, ah, what's the doing? Sir, my friend said, ah, she's looking for a job. Me, I thought, since 19 Bogboro, you did not tell your husband that he's a HR that I'm looking for a job. You see, it is when God opens a door that the door opens. So, all of a sudden, he's like, well, he said, ah, but I have a role. But I don't think it's a role she will take. You understand? It's a PA role. She will, be, she will feel like he's to get a downgrade. Then he told me, me that been at home. You know, you just feel a conviction like, I prayed, I know I have a job, so it must be this PA job. Maybe God has an agenda. What you, I did not know was, my dear sisters and brothers, that day I was going for the interview. Me, I was busy snoring. You know, you're sleeping. At least you ironed your clothes, everything. You know, you want to look fresh. You know, you don't want, you want your brain to be clear. I have an, a big mommy. And until I met in that season, because they are friends for a season, and she said that throughout that night, she didn't sleep. Every time she closes her eyes, you see, it gets to a stage in your Christianity walk, your walk with God, that you are the one that will sacrifice for other people. So every time that she closed her eyes, Okwa is going for an interview tomorrow, she must get that job. She did night vigil on my behalf from 12 to 5. Me! I was busy, really feeling cold. And the next thing that, of course, I got to the interview, and my first boss, she didn't have a choice. That place had been, I can imagine the number of angels that were in that room. Hearts had been opened. Lights were shining in darkness. Do you understand? I, said, I just like the girl. I just really like her smile. You know, I think she should, she would be good in private banking. I had to be in private banking. There was no opening in private banking till that time. And during that period, God just said, Sweet, sweetheart, let's be, you know, I call myself, I'm saying I'm daddy's baby girl. It's me, I'm the one. Say, let's be rowing together. You know, let's just be enjoying ourselves. Are you guys following me? Because there is a kingdom agenda. 
there are territories to be taken. God is not in the business of blessing you for you. I got said to ask you, those of you that are working and even in school, how many of your classmates are on your prayer list? How many people in your office are on your prayer list? How many people since you entered that office have given their lives to Christ? How many people since you entered that office, that woman did not have food, she didn't have a child. By the time you were done, you don't need to tell her you are praying. But when you step into that office, heaven and hell know when a child of the kingdom that knows who he or she is has stepped into a place. But we walk, wake up in the morning. That's what a lot of us do. And go to work. And you're busy fighting a non-believer. I don't know. You know, you're saying, you do, you do, you do, you didn't do it. This is my result. Excuse me. When you are on a kingdom assignment. When God sent you somewhere to go and deliver people from the pits of hell. When you should be the one that when you wake up in the morning. Devil's like, why did that girl get that job? Because since she entered that place. In fact, let me break it down. A friend of mine had a dream. I remember her office was really bad. Like, there was so much tension. So she had a dream. She started praying. She started, she even prayed and slept. You know, you had all this uh, play, play, prayer. God, I don't really like the way the office is, but help me. Then she slept. Then God showed her what was going on. She saw all the chairs in her office. And she saw this man. He had like a wrapper. He had on all these beads and everything. And he was touching chair to chair and chanting incantations. And she was standing at the corner in the dream and looking. They was like, huh? And then he turned, he looked at her and he smiled. What God told her was, demonic spirits had been operating in this place. Taking territory, causing, oppressing people. You, child of the kingdom, sat in that office, busy looking. Why is Mr. Keneko talking to this person like this? Ah, that woman is so nasty. Eh? When all, what you should have done? Oh, I don't even know why I did not achieve anything today. I woke up in the morning, it's like one drama after the other. When, by the time drama starts hitting your right, left and center, you just tell somebody, excuse me, I'm coming. Father, I take authority over this environment. I direct my steps. I clear my table. I Come back and come and see what will happen. We live like we are not children of the kingdom in the workplace. We separate church. So when you come to church, you come and do shakadabarakandara. When you are in the office, ah, what's going on here? Why is this meeting like this? Ha, these old guys just shouting on everybody. When what you should have done was, I'm coming, I'm going to the toilet. I know somebody. She is the CEO of the rest of Africa for um, stand, um, Standard Bank. Shola Deriboa. Even when she was in Nigeria, I had the opportunity to work with her closely. Shola is in a meeting and everything is turning upside down. I can bet, I've seen her so many times. Just excuse me. She is here and she's opening that door to that toilet. She has got five minutes, she'll come back. Okay. The way the thing clears, the way it clears. How many souls have you worn in your office? How many people had problems and it's been solved and you know that it was your labor of love in the place of prayer? Can God trust you? Because when God sends you an assignment, yes, you do your job, but there is a bigger agenda. It is the kingdom agenda. It is not your promotion. While you are doing his work, because the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. While you are establishing his righteousness, all other things will be added unto you. That is what happens to a child of the king. So God sent me here to come and tell some people that as opposed to worrying about your promotion, you are, you are busy being distracted. He said, apart from that, you walk in a place. Remember I mentioned Laban and uh, what's his name? Laban and Joseph. He said, you, Jacob, sorry, Jacob, Laban and Jacob. I mentioned Joseph and, and Potiphar. So let's take, look at them. Jacob walked in a place. The place became bigger. Joseph walked in a place. The place became bigger. 
David entered the army. That army did 360. Solomon took over before he derailed. The world had never seen it before. Can you see a pattern? The children of the king that know themselves, when they step into a place, you cannot be working in an office and your office is smaller. You don't understand. Your business is not doing well. How? You don't even need to tell your boss you are praying. Do you? Are you? Am I making sense to people? That's what God told you. are not dead. You, you are there as a child of... My friend was telling me her testimony. She said they were doing a contract in her office. They didn't want to pay them. She said, we be told that. You are sitting down there. Mrs. Uh, daughter of Zion. Sitting down there with authority and power in your mouth. Can I have five more minutes to close? With authority and power in your mouth. And they are not paying your office. If you enter a place daughter of Zion, and that place becomes smaller. There is a problem with you. You cannot walk, even if you're a house help, because the poor not, in the Bible, when we know, the poor not talk about people that were servants, that were slaves, that worked with people that were born again. You cannot walk in a place and that place is smaller. You cannot sit in a class as a student and the quarter of your classmates don't pass and you are the only one that is doing well. When that funny lecturer comes in, he will rearrange himself because there are children of the covenant in that class who have rearranged his brain. Why? Because God owns the heart of kings and like the courses of the river, he turns it in the direction in which he likes. So everybody that is a decision maker's heart can be turned. In fact, God told me, he said, look, every establishment has a throne room. That throne room has kings and he has officials and decisions are made. The question is who rules your throne room? Is it God or the devil? And the only reason why the devil will be ruling the throne room is because the children of grace are not praying. People wait till promotion to promotion to be praying for promotion. When should I be praying for promotion from the year before? Everything that you need to be promoted, it will align because you have been taking it in the secret place. Do you? Am I, am I losing anybody? Am I losing anybody? This is my conclusion. I know you came to hear about men and women, but God told me there is nothing like. Men and women, everything is an obstacle. And I will close it with a story. I sat in a meeting and I was giving feedback about something. And, and, the, and one of my colleagues was being so kind. And he said, um, what she's trying to say is, and I thought to myself, no. As in, I was really upset. Don't echo me. You're taking away from my contribution. You're trying to say that I don't know what I'm saying. And you have to re-explain, which happens in senior management sometimes. So, digressing a little bit, don't be upset with some of those women that work with you when they come across as really tough or really hard. They've had to fight really hard to get to the top. So sometimes, if you are not careful, you become hardened, right? So what does that? So that I was upset though. I didn't even find you funny until the Holy Spirit talked to me. Says, "Come here, woman. What's wrong with you, young girl? Sit down, sit down." The problem is that you did not articulate your point well enough. Don't blame somebody else for the fact that there was a gap in your communication skills. Instead, go back and go and learn how to articulate your points in such a way that nobody needs to explain what you are saying. So I would have been sitting there saying, it's the guys, it's the guys. They're always just taking over. They're always just, whereas I had a problem. So how many times do women say, it's the men, it's the men, when you have a problem? God told me, he said, love does not fail. People think that thing is separate from the workplace. He said, honor, honor. Do you know what honor means? That boss that treats you like crap. That boss that I, do you know, I have 
amazing bosses. I've had amazing bosses. They are wonderful. They are out of this world. Totally, I don't even know the English word to use for them. But if you had been in my journey, you would never ever think for some of them that would stand on this platform and tell you they were amazing. Because they made me cry. They were horrible. They didn't treat me well. But at the end of the day, there was even one. Imagine, you know, this devil set up. She was, we, you know when you're, you're so upset with somebody that you guys don't even talk again. Holy Spirit told me, he said, go and apologize to her. I said, apologize to who? Me, I am the one that was offended in this matter. I am not apologizing to anybody. But you know when God loves you, he will not leave you in stupidity. So he kept disturbing me. So me too, I became an obedient child. And in fact, the painful part was when I went to apologize. She not even scolded me again. Ah, the thing was. But guess what? An opportunity came up for me somewhere along my career. Outside of Nigeria, the people that wanted to give me the, that opportunity, it was hard they asked about me. So the devil was going to sabotage my future because I was not going to be humble enough to submit to somebody that was a higher authority. There are some people God does not remove. He grants you favor with them. God will not remove Cyrus and he will not remove Pharaoh. He will grant you favor with Cyrus and Pharaoh. And that does not mean that Pharaoh or Cyrus are nice people. It just means that you will learn how to manage them with the anointing and the grace of the Holy Ghost that is upon your life. Because love never fails. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, those fruits of the Spirit, they don't fail. Honor lifts people. It will look like you are going down. Do you understand? Everybody, my late pastor, Bimbo Dukai used to say, everybody likes people that make them shine. So if you make your boss look good, that boss will carry you everywhere. You are good at your job. You are respectful. You don't disgrace the person. You don't treat the person anyhow. Wherever they, they will pull you. Why? Because you make them look good. It is human nature. So you cannot be the antagonistic, annoying, I know everything. And sometimes you don't even know you're doing that because it is a way that you are thinking. And then... So I asked God, I said, where is the woman in the Bible that survived in the midst of men? And he took me to Judges chapter 4, verse 4. There's a woman there called Deborah. The Bible describes her as Deborah, wife of Lapidoth, church of Israel. I will interpret it to you the way the Holy Spirit interpreted it to me in the night. He said, Deborah, prophetess, a woman that has worked with God, knows her relationship with God, knows the skills, do you understand, knows where she's standing, in her assignment with God. Are you following me? Because prophetess means she's working in an office. So she's worked with God enough to know that this is my office. This is the agenda. This is how God and I are supposed to work, right? Wife of Lapidot, a woman that is submitted to authority, that knows how to submit to those that are ahead of her, that knows how to honor people, a woman that knows how to help and stand in the back for others to shine. It is that woman that can now turn around and become a judge in Israel, where a judge was the equivalent of a president at that time in the midst of men. So if you are not a woman that has first learned how to be a woman of the secret place and then followed it with a woman that has humility and understands honor and understands that helping other people to shine is part of your way to greatness. If you are not yet a woman that understands that in going down is where you go up, you are not ready to be a judge of Israel. And you will continue to go around in that circle until you learn those lessons. Because God cannot afford for you to get to the top of the mountain and fail. The women that operate at the top of the mountain, we know some of them, the ones that are believers. When you look at them, all these things I said, you can tick the boxes that they are exactly like that. This is the message that God told me to send to you today. And I hope you were really blessed.
Wow. <laughs> that was amazing. How many people took notes? Okay. And I hope, I mean, if you have questions that came to mind, by the way, write them down. After the panel, we'll have a like, Q&A session. Um, thank you very much, Opoemi. That was amazing. Thank you for yielding to God's um, preference and not coming to tell us, man, woman. No, that was really good. So the next session is a panel session. I'm going to invite Opoemi back and then two lovely ladies for a discussion. So Opoemi, please come back. Sorry, I should have told you to just sit down. That didn't occur to me. Please sit down. And then Tommy and Tammy. I don't see Tommy. Okay, Tommy and Tammy. So we already have, Opoemi has, I, well, we introduced Opoemi. I'll allow Timmy and Tommy tell us very briefly what they do, and then we'll go into a conversation. There are mics on the chair. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Hi, everyone. Good evening. And everyone here. Okay. Okay, my name is Tomi Omole. I'm an HR professional. Okay, my name is Tami Tope Ayulua, um, and I am a, an entrepreneur and um, a bridal stylist. Great. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this segment. I'm feeling like a TV presenter. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, we've just discussed women of God and the workplace. I actually like that we've now added, it's not just women and work, it's women of God and the workplace. And I just want to do a quick recap of some of the things and then I hope that that would somehow guide our discussion going forward. So you were talking about how people recognize value and that's irrespective of gender. I think that's very important for us to take into consideration because you're yeah, right, sometimes it's a problem with the person and it's not the fact that men are against them or not, but it's just like you need to actually work on yourself. Yes, there's gender biases, of course, but sometimes it might just be that you need to work on something. Then results are proof of value. You said if you are delivering results, you don't have to explain too much. And I think that's also something uh, we women should bear in mind. And then what do you do when you have challenges in the workplace? As a woman of God, what do you do when you have challenges in the workplace? Go and pray. Go to the secret place. I think that was something. And then she described like the characteristics, if you will, of a woman in the workplace, a woman leading in the workplace as a as per judge of Israel. You walk with God. You know your office. You know God's agenda for your position. And you are a helper who is submitted to authority. You are humble. And you recognize that humility is actually where your strength is. And those things, I think... I, to the extent possible, we'll try and reflect them as we're discussing. And as you saw on the flyer, if you saw the flyer, one of the things we want to discuss is the three, three mistakes that women make in the workplace. Um, I think she has already highlighted some of the mistakes that women of God make in the workplace. So I'm not aware of that, of the fact that we are women of God in the workplace. But before we go into talking about the mistakes, I think the first thing I'd like to ask all three of them, and we have... Sh like 20 minutes, so I'll try and time us. Um, the first thing is for you to talk about any differences. So we've recognized like some of the challenges women of God, like period experience, but looking at the differences between men and women, things that you've observed as a difference between how women behave in the workplace and how men in the work men behave in the workplace. So I'll start with Tomi, and then we'll go this way. Okay, good evening, everyone. Good evening again. So I'll just go first. Um, so with men and women, I've... I've discovered over time that um, with women, we're, we're not as assertive as men are. Um, I do a lot of recruiting, and I see that 
maybe also maybe because I'm in the tech space, with most of these roles, like I was actually thinking about it today before I came. I was trying to recruit for a particular role last week and 10 people came in for that interview and it was only a lady, one lady out of 10 people that came in to interview. And I just, I was telling, I remember telling my colleague that why is it that, you know, usually things like this is men that we see do, do things like this. Even generally, like with recruiting and everything, you would see that, you might see a job advertisement, right? And most guys, the person might have read water management and the role says um, aeronautic engineering. The guy has no clue. He will still apply for it. But we ladies, well, ah, okay, my current role now, is there water in it? Yes, okay, there's water. Okay, that particular job title too says water. Maybe I should apply. And then when we even get into the role, it's mostly like most guys are already jumping at stuff during meetings. They are talking. We, most times, ladies will, before they say anything, please, excuse me, Please, sorry. Why are you begging? Who did you offend? You know, like, it's just, for me, it's, it's just, most of the time, I'm just always like, why? You know, during meetings, would you most times, everybody will be in a meeting. You won't see anybody. Maybe when they want to serve snacks, it's the ladies that will get up. Why? Why don't do you understand? So I feel like generally, even with um, work and everything, and I think it also still boils down to the value of work. Like, we women shouldn't see it as, oh, let me just do it so that I will not be bored. Do you understand? I feel it should be put your 100% in. Just like the Bible says, whatever your hands your hand find to do, do it well. And I think if we go in with that mentality of, I'm not just doing this job just because of it, but I'm doing it, you know, to, to, to work as um, God has said I should work. Our mentality to work in will change over time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Tommy. Timmy, would you like to tell us as well any differences you've observed in women and men? So um, I would say that, you know, very similar to what Tommy said, um, what I call it is self-exempt. So um, I'll talk more in the entrepreneurial space because that's kind of where I found myself. Um, and that's why I believe that um, a lot of Nigerian youths are actually going into because of the you know, the scarcity of jobs and the amount of population that we actually have. Um, a lot of times when we're thinking of ideas, you know, because God is a God of ideas and he, if he made us, he made, he made the world, right? So he put in us the ability to innovate, right? And to, to, um, to bring forth ideas. Now, as women and as women of God, a lot of things that I've seen that we do is that we then think of an idea, shake our heads and say, no, uh, no, I can't do that. No, that one is for guys. So because I'm in um, the wedding and the fashion industry, a lot of times there's all sorts of new opportunities, but then you just kind of see women going towards like things like food and, you know, catering and things like that. And there's all these other things that you could bring to market, but because you feel like, oh, that's such a masculine um Role and it's it's a factor of our culture and, and and I think that we've kind of allowed that to kind of hinder us. But if we as women of God stop tapping into that as our um, stop ta stop looking at that and stop focusing on that and start focusing more on the God that made us and the God that you know gives us the power to create and to be innovative, we would we would um, we will stop self exempting ourselves from different business ideas that we could actually bring to market that could actually um, help us have impact. So a lot of times we're just kind of 
limiting ourselves even before the fact. And when, um, even in my experience, um, I find that I'm always, I'm always pushing the women um, that are that you know work for me. I'm always pushing them. Like, what's your opinion on this matter? You you should have an opinion. You know. So a lot of times I see that when you know we we gather either for a strategy meeting or we're just kind of trying to you know figure out a project. The women are just kind of, they're waiting till they have one huge, mongosly bright idea. And a lot of times you just need to speak up because that might just be the perspective that that person is looking for. I remember when I was um, um, still, you know, in the corporate world and I was kind of interviewing for a wealth management role, actually. And and um, I remember the room was filled with men. Everybody there was a guy, and I was the only person. And it was a it was a case a case interview. And so they painted a scenario about oh the stock market was crashing. As wealth managers, what would you do? So it was just go. So we're really we literally were supposed to act like the stock market was crashing. And what what were we going to do? And all the guys got up. Some people took. Maka went to the board, started writing. When the stock goes down, this starts to happen. You have to call your manager. You have to do this. You have to do that. And everybody was going. Some people even removed their suits. They were they were just shouting. You know, as you know, as men typically, they just really were asserting themselves. And I just was sitting there, and at that point, I was just thinking, Hey, would I start jumping like this? <laughs> this is not me. And all and. I just, all I said was, and, and I can tell you literally, that is how I got the job. All I said was, we need to call our clients and reassure them that we have everything under control. And I literally just saw somebody in senior management's eyes just light up. And everybody was just talking about, ah, fire is on the mountain, let's get water. We have to do the interest rates. The interest rates are sinking. We have to do that. And at the end of the day, what I, what I got from that was it's not about how, how big your ideas are. It just has to bring a new perspective to the table. It just has to open their eyes to something that everybody isn't focusing on that time. And so I, I, I just feel like if we knew that, we would speak up more in more scenarios and it would actually get us um, more of the results that we actually want to see. Thank you so much, Timmy. Akoyemi, how about your thoughts? Fatima Wali, I don't know if any people, once sat, I once sat in an interview and she said she would sit on the board and they would be discussing things and she would think, I should say that. And then she would pause for like two minutes and then a guy would say, she'd be like, yeah, I should have said it. So somewhere along the line, she thought to herself, why don't I say it? And the question was, the answer was, I don't want to look stupid. Right, so I'm not willing to take the risk of looking stupid. And it makes sense. Because you see, there's something about the crowd factor. So if there are 10 women in a room and you all think the same way and there's one guy, flip the script. You're all paddies, so you're running off each other. Do you understand? So you're comfortable. And the guy is thinking, if I go and say, this woman will start to look at me and be like, what is he saying? You understand? And flip that script, that is the way a lot of women feel in the workplace. So I'm in a meeting with, I, I, I call them my men. I'm the only girl in the leadership in my division. I'm in a meeting with guys, and I can tell you the senior management, and they're bantering. 
and guys banter. I don't banter. And I do not want to banter. And I will not be forced to banter. Do you understand? So I need to find a way to still communicate what I want to say, be heard without following the crowd. Now that is a skill that you learn. What happens to a lot of women is as opposed to realizing that there is a skill that you need to learn, our go-to is to shy away. Let me even make it, you were even saying it's cultural. I was looking at a Mary Lynch research and they said that when it comes to investment, a lot of women are actually very, or let me rephrase, they lack confidence. So when they check the knowledge level with the men, it's actually the same. Some of them even know more. Besides, women are easy. If you tell a woman, 100,000 every month, they need to enter up percent. She'll tell you, she 100,000. 100, she will make sure that she has 100,000. Once she's convinced, a man, you tell him 100,000 this month, next month you tell you use it to do business that he thinks will give him 25% return. Do you understand? But where I'm going is the women, a lot of women actually knew more. But they were afraid. I sat with a very senior woman, she was talking, and she said she sat in a room of women in LBS, women that run big businesses. And they were talking about stuff, and she saw the same thing, lack of confidence. And the only thing that beats lack of confidence is extra preparation. If you know you are going to hit resistance, guess what? You are extra prepared. So if a guy walks into that meeting without reading that document, you cannot walk into that meeting without reading that document. You need to have read it. You need to have researched. You need to come there so that when they are talking, because you know more, you are more confident to speak. I'm being real now. I'm not trying to paraphrase. I'm just saying that is the reality. But if you think that you are going to prepare or operate at the same level as the men, because you are going into a crowd where they have the crowd effect and you don't, do you understand? You are the lone star, usually. Or maybe people are two or three. Do you, do you understand me? You have to do the extra. Awesome. <laughs> no, for all three. For all three. Because like, you've all made such what's the word, salient points. And I think you've actually started to go into the second part of the discussion, which is like talking about practically, at the end of the day, all women here should know step by step when they go to the office tomorrow, literally, what are the things you're going to do to turn around some of these mistakes that we've already been making. So I'll do a quick recap of what the mistakes are. Um, starting with Tommy. Tommy was talking about how women are not assertive, right? Um, you come to an interview because you think you're not an expert. Because of that, you may not even apply. And then if you come to the interview, maybe you're not even assertive in describing your qualities. Sure, was talking about how we're too apologetic, why do you have to apologize before you make a comment? You have a right to make a comment in the meeting. You're there because you're supposed to add value. You're not supposed to apologize. Um, then we prefer, and this more than one person mentioned this, we prefer to take on female gendered, and I would say that in quotes because society has made some roles, male roles, and some roles, female roles. And then women actually pander to that. When it's time to arrange for refreshments, a woman will get up, but if it's time to do something a bit more strategic, a man may um, turn up for that. Um, and then we may not put in our 100% because we're a bit casual about it. Tommy was talking about how if you see that, if you see your workers like doing your work unto God, you'll probably be more enthusiastic. And Tammy said something about being self-exempt, and I think that goes back to the whole thing about gender roles. Like, if you think something is meant for a man, you leave that. 
you don't want to. But who said it's for a man, right? Um, and then there was something about being confident. And I think I really liked that. Preparation, preparation helps you become confident. But then sometimes, uh, if those who are not prepared, sometimes like a man may not be read, but he's still confident because he's in his comfort zone. He's with other guys. And so like all those things, in terms of mistakes that we made in the workplace, are going to now take practical um, recommendations on how we can stop making those mistakes. And then for the times that we've made the mistakes in the past, and maybe there's like negative consequences, how we can turn them around. So we have 10 minutes to do that. And is the questions after, or is this part of our question time? It's part of our question time. Oh, okay. So we'll try and do this quickly in terms of um, making the recommendations. And if you have questions, we'll take one question. So if you have questions, please just prepare your questions. So we can start with, who wants to go first? <laughs> oh, practical um, recommendations or steps that women can take to stop making the mistakes that they've been making. And if they've made the mistakes, how can they turn around like some of the negative consequences? Like maybe they haven't been speaking and people think they're silly. How do they turn around? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, first of all, you are smarter than you think. Can you just say that? I'm smarter than I think. Think. And I think not because of you, but because you are connected to the King of Glory and he gives you wisdom. So you are smarter than you think, one. Two, there's nothing wrong with looking stupid. I know you hate it. I hate it. I mean, everybody hates it. But guess what? You can only look stupid once. Are you following me? Number three, learn how to communicate. Please do not put up your hand and say, sorry, please, can I make a contribution? If you do that, if I, I will find you. <laughs> and I, I correct this in the office with women all the time. Do you understand? Excuse me. And then you use a timid voice, which says, one, I'm not confident in what I'm saying. Two, I, I, please, can you give me room to just say something? No. Three, you need to conquer fear. Everybody is afraid. Do you understand? No, I'm serious. Women, everybody is afraid. The man that is standing in front of his MD talk, he's shaking in his boots. No, I'm serious. Everybody is afraid. But guess what? It is the person that speaks up that everybody thinks is a star. Because when you get to become, if they are looking for MD, they're not looking for an MD that cannot talk. So if you are never the person that speaks up in the meeting, nobody knows that you have great ideas. And your great ideas will die with you. And then God, you'll be going to God in the night and be crying. And you'll be looking at you and saying, I dropped 10 ideas with you in the meeting and you were too afraid. So fear stole from you. If you need to enter your secret place and say, God has not given me the spirit of fear. I declare that when I sit in a meeting, I will speak. I'm talking about practical things now. I have wisdom. I have a wisdom and a tongue that even adversaries cannot deny. My words are silver apples in gold settings. I speak the right word at the right time. You lock yourself. You don't, anybody you see, I'm being real, anybody you see in greatness has something that they are doing behind. They did not become great just because they sat down. So there is no greatness without sacrifice. So what are you sacrificing? What are you reading? What are you learning? What are you praying? I hope I helped somebody. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, just to buttress on what she said, um, I want to give an example of, based off, of course, the question you asked. Um, so when I think about some of the mistakes um, we women make, I know 
almost everybody in this room can testify to the fact that um, you've probably had a boss, a lady that's been, you term as wicked or something. Or men too, yeah, but more, <laughs> but more often than not, usually with, um, th there's always that case of, oh, this, my boss, she's a lady, you know, she's, uh, she, say yeah, you know, she's, <laughs> what was that? Yeah, she doesn't like me. But sometimes it's usually maybe the, the boss's fault or anything. But um, what I would say is, um, I remember when I was thinking about this thing, I had a conversation with a friend. And I remember seeing someone online, like on Instagram. And I was, I said something about, oh, like she comes across, I don't know her, but like, you know, she looked, oh, she, she dresses really nice. She comes across as someone that would be you know, kind of that sort of thing. She comes across as a nice person. And so I was telling my friend, a guy, not even a lady this time, she was going to give a talk somewhere. And the guy said, I don't really know what she's going to tell people, where she's going to, that she's, all the people that report to her, she pretty much oppresses them. At that point, I just kept quiet because I'm like, this is, I can't help you. I can't, like, because there was nothing I could say again, because, and for me, it was, it, it was deep, because if a guy that didn't even walk, they were in the same office, he could see it. And that's not to say that, of course, there are some wicked people that will just cook up stories, but when you start hearing majority, majority of people are saying, oh, this is how this person is, you know, it's, it says a lot. And so for me, it was a... Prayerfully remove the boss. <laughs> I know, but my point is, at the end of the day, um, we don't want to be those people that are talked about like that. What's our testimony at work? You know, what do people say about us? If you really look at it, at the end of the day, you'll find out that most times it's true. If everybody's saying, oh, this person, I really hope that's not how I I don't think that's how I am, to be honest, but just generally. So my, my admonition today is just, you know, what are you doing at work? What testimony are, are people talking about? How do you do your work? How are, it's not just even about, you can be an A++ employee or whatever, but do people, when they see you, do they run away? Ah, madam, something is coming. They're you know, going to hide under their desk. So, you know, just um, so clarifying true. that. Yeah. Mm. Sorry. As a senior management person, can I say something to that? There are madam, something, something is coming that get their people promoted. Yes. You need to understand your boss. That woman is hard on you. There are people I'm hard on because the potential is huge. Yeah. I had a boss that sat with me the very first meeting. She said, said, I've heard about you. I'm not here to deal with your strengths. I'm here to deal with your weaknesses. Chai, she showed me. And I love her for it. She, I, call her, she's my sis, I call her sister me. In retrospect, I had to go and look for her and thank her because she was willing to be, she was willing to deal with my sulking. I don't understand why she's treating me like this. Whereas what she was saying was, I see potential in this girl and I can see that these things are going to stop her and I cannot afford for her to be stopped. So I'm going to be tough on her. And she did not take, you guys cannot even understand. But I, as when I mean I love her, in retrospect, mm -hmm. After the fact. So you only know the motives of men mm -hmm. in the sick. I keep yeah. going back to this place. In the place of prayer, where you take somebody to God and God tells you, sit down there. Remember, I told you your career is not based on your own yeah. whims and caprices. Yeah. So you take your career to God and say, God, I'm tired of working under this woman. I don't know why she's treating me like that. And God says, sit down there. That means that there is something that God is using that woman to work on in you. And you will stay there until you learn it. Immediately you learn the lesson. He will just carry you like this. You either move her or he will move you. Mm. Or move him or move you. 
I'm not talking about sexual harassment now. I'm talking about people, and you're in HR, so you know, because we discuss. We are working on this character in this person, and we are intentional about breaking that thing because we think that person will be a great leader. But that person cannot take that thing to leadership. Yeah. Do you understand? So you, so as a, so you will sit down and actually, and you will be tough. But one day, you will look back and say, that woman liked me. And she was trying to help me like a parent. Yeah. Well, well, I totally agree with everything you said. But just in, in some circumstances, there are some people that I just go out to get you. You know, they're just like that. And yes, yes, you yes, yes, you know, like so. But I totally understand. Sometimes you need to go through all of that yeah. to grow as a person. Yeah. If they handle you softly, you probably wouldn't learn anything at the end of Fair the day. So yes, yeah. totally agree. Yeah, Timmy, would you like to add? Okay, sorry. Almost. <laughs> Timmy, would you like to add something as well? So um, I'll just quickly add. Um, so um, our guest speaker said, you know, value is kind of what, it's kind of your currency in the workplace. Value, value, value. As an entrepreneur, value. As somebody that's in the corporate world, value, right? Um, now, value has to be communicated, has to be. You can't have the value and not communicate it. I would like to tell everybody that communication, the best way, and it's, it's I've tried it because I used to be so afraid to communicate. I used to be, that fear, you see, fear used to cripple me. When, it said, when I say cripple, like my palms would be sweating, I would just be speaking gibberish like i won't be able to shout just by the time i shout talk 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 you shall not understand anything or you will not hear my voice <laughs> right let me tell you the secret to communication practice practice Absolutely. you can't you can't you can't understand if you literally take this literally right i'm saying literally twice but if you say that, if you, if, you, if you keep practicing, a time will come when you would be able to literally open, open your mouth and pass on your information or pass your value in the shortest amount of time because you are in meetings where time is of the essence. People, do, people increasingly, even you and I, have very short attention spans. So nobody is expecting you to say, so one day when I was going, you know, I saw... This, you need to be able to drop your point succinctly. You need to be able to pass it across and they need to be able to understand it. And the key to that is practice. The first thing you can do is set targets. Whenever you are in a meeting, I need to talk at least once. I need to say something. If Before that meeting is over, if you like be shaking in your chair and there be five minutes, once is that last minute, you must say something. You need to set targets to be able to speak. And that's the practice, right? Because you can't, you can't really do this practice in your house and be talking to your chairs and, you know, and, be, and, and that's... So. Can I add something? You can also, if you have good bosses, mm -hmm. share that yeah. you fear speaking mm -hmm. and that you want to practice. Yes. And a good boss will help you. Yeah. Like, they will actually point you and say, okay, so, tell me, and, she, and will encourage you and say, well, you did good there, you know, you could have done this better and you get better and better. I know we're about to go, but can I speak to something very quickly? It's been on my mind. Dressing. Women, please. You cannot reduce yourself to a man's lustful thoughts. It is an insult to your intelligence. I'm serious. It is, no, I'm not joking. It is an insult to your intelligence. Why would you be a wonderfully made, 
intelligent, smart, quick-thinking young woman. And when a man sees you, all he sees is how short your skirt is, how low your top is, and how tight your dress is. When you see senior women and they wear one size bigger sometimes, they do it intentionally because they do not want to enter into a meeting room with a group of men when they are, I mean, the girl probably finished with a first class, has prepared for that meeting, and then the first thing he does is look at you and his mind has gone to, and you can see it in his eyes. Do you understand that he's thinking and you rub, and you've rubbed, you've literally, I stand in the, I'm, you know, I, my colleagues hold me because sometimes you are sexually harassing men. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I have to tell you the truth. Your dress is so tight. A lot of people, be honest, if this was a married people's meeting, a lot of people have married issues when it comes to the marital bed. So the man is just holding himself and managing himself. And then you, this young fine girl, his wife has had three kids. Her tummy is not as taught her. This is a women's meeting. Her boobs are not as nice. Do you understand? And then you, you come. Your top is low. It's tight. Your skirt is tight. Your dress is tight. And you're bending in front of him. It's not nice. <laughs> no, I'm telling you the truth. And guys, and I went to school with guys. So they talk to us. You know, you have a lot of friends. They feel harassed. And men's minds are very graphic. That image stays. If he's a Christian, it stays. As he, he, throughout the day, he'll be, I cast that by, by that, by, by that. And I'm serious. And then the devil is walking to 24-7, building on those thoughts. Guess what? One day, he has a weak moment. He steps into you. Then you're in sexual harassment. Sexual harassment. You were harassing him for nine months. I am, I am gender neutral when it comes to, I, I know that sexual harassment is real. But sometimes, in some cases that have come my way, I, I don't know what to say. Because by the time the man is done, I honestly don't know what to say. Because the girl was guilty. You are so smart. You do not want any man to look at you and make you less than who you are. You are intelligent. When you walk into that room, power has come into that room. Somebody that is changing something has come into that room. Your body is not the most important thing at that time. Do you understand? And that is not what you're putting on the table. You are putting your intelligence, your gifts, your strategic ability, your creative thoughts on the table. And no man has the right... I'm not saying you don't wear nice clothes. Do you understand very me? very nicely dressed. But you do not dress. And when you come out of that room, you do not dress, number one, in a way that your father will be ashamed of you. Would God be able to look and say, that's my girl? Because when you sit down, your skirt is... And then you say it's toasty, you sit down, your skirt is up. You don't have, I'm, I'm, some skirts are knee length. When you sit, they ride up. But guess what? Guys check you. Your skirt rides up, you put a scarf. He's checking you. What kind of girl is she? I do sales. I'm telling you the truth. I'm sorry I'm taking time. This is real. He's checking you. Then he will ask you a question. A customer once told me. He said, ah, on Friday, you know I deal with HNIs. We are going to Joe Bog to, uh, for the weekend. You know, we had a couple of people. And he said, ah, but he wore, he said, you're about, it's in English. I'm come at you soon by 10 o'clock. As in, I said, I said, that means you. I know you'd have said. I said, yes, sir, if at nine. He was trying to check yeah. if Joe Bog would be interesting to me. And in coded message, I told him, Joe Bog will not be interesting to me. Because I am blank until you do. Your Bible will say, Familoru Bog, which is actually outrightly say, and a lot of people are not hard enough to outrightly actually look you in the eye and say, babe, I want to sleep with you. There are few men that do. What they do is they test you. And a lot of women fail the test. Do you understand? So what you do every single time is, I blank, uh, let me teach you. You know how to blank. You are dumb, you are deaf, you are blind. You don't I don't understand. I don't know what you're talking about. If you say you this girl, you're not even a sharp girl. What am I not sharp about? Yeah. <laughs> As in, I'm confused. Do you understand?
understand? What are you talking about? I don't, I don't know. So after some time, you'll be like, that one, yeah, I yes, I don't know. <laughs> but don't dress okay. seductively. Do not re reduce your intelligence to your body. Awesome. <laughs> I wish we could go on, because clearly there's more. Yeah. And even Tommy wanted to add, but we, we want to be able to get, you know, take one question. Sorry? <laughs> we want to be able to take one question from the audience, and I think we already have our question here. Sorry? We can take more than one question. Okay. okay. So we have one question. Who's the next question? Yeah. Not that after she asked, now I see 10 hands. Who's the next yeah. question? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Who's the next question? If we have no question, we can allow them answer many, like three of them. Oh, is that? Okay, there's one. Okay, cool. So, yes, straight to the question, please. No comments, no, just the question. Thank you. Um, hi. Okay, so um, my question is simple. You said something about um, not being afraid. What if a scenario whereby you have two bosses who don't like you for their own reasons and they try to victimize you and you have ideas and you're also trying to okay let me just cut paint a picture i used to have a boss which i was moved out from he my last year review was zero and uh, i was i felt really hurt so i was supposed to have been sacked but the ceo called me to um her office and she she said um i think you're working with toxic people i don't like to raise my complaint because i feel like i'm making excuses and winners winners don't make excuses so i just keep it to myself and every day i try to do better but everything i do he still brings it down and at the end of the day i lost my confidence to be very honest i stopped trying too much i just do what's required and i go and i was really sad and then she's saying, okay, I need you to move to another department because I think you're working with toxic people. And so my point is this, I'm, ha I'm having a meeting with boards and I'm, I know I'm still scared because as I'm talking in church, I'm moving shaking. How do I not make it look as if I'm trying to paint a picture like the, the former manager is wicked, even though he is, and still be able to be very professional because I know I've been really angry towards him. He even called me now, Sef, to help him do something, though he's no longer my box. How do I let go of the anger and be able to step into my, my place? Do you know I'm smiling at you? Fool, victimizing bosses. I've lived your story. I've lived your story to the extent that I was, my boss went to meet the ED to say, Okwa is being victimized and I can't take it. But you know what God told me before that thing happened? And this is what I'm going to tell you. So there are two things I'm going to tell you because we are women of God. One, your name is Hepzibah. The Bible calls you Hepzibah. Hepzibah means desirable. Do you understand? Favor flows through you. Do, you. do you get me? So you know when we're talking about the secret place? We're going to enter your secret place and change the narrative. The spiritual affects the physical. The physical does not affect the spiritual. If something becomes a pattern in the physical, you take it to where the root is and you turn it around. It will manifest in the physical. I'm serious. It works. 100%. Number one. Number two, every attack is actually not an attack of a person. When my, when my, when my situation happened, before it happened, I got a word from one of my big brothers. He said, you're going to be under, it was a scripture, it was like, you're going to, paraphrase, you're going to be under attack, but it's not from me. Mm. And when I mean I was under attack, you cannot understand, it was bloody. 
it was bloody, it was messy. As in, it was light, it was, you're going to be fired, lie down, people go home, lie down in my office in the dark and say, Daddy, you know it's me and you. And you know what this guy is doing. And God did not remove that guy. It was me standing in an office and being about to lose a lot of money. And I tell people that that's the first time in my life that I will hear, you know that, um, I will not bow before you. And bow. I was standing in an office and talking to my boss. He was shouting at me and I was hearing music. I was hearing that. If I started looking like, a, who is singing? Nobody was singing. Heaven had to pass through the atmosphere to come and tell me. I walked out of that office. I never, God never allowed me to disrespect him. God never allowed me to be rude to him. Do you understand? God made me understand that his mind was being manipulated. And because he was not a believer, he had no God. Because I remember when I was giving you the word, I told you that when you are a believer in the marketplace, you go through things that other people don't go through because you are light in darkness. Do you think darkness will not try to fight you? So you understand who you are. Standing in a place and your boss doesn't like you. First of all, Father, what am I doing wrong? First prayer point. Where am I erring? Correct me. Once that is sorted, Father, this person, oh yeah, deal with him according to your own agenda, not mine. Do you understand me? And then you will pray favor. Favor like a shield. And when it happens, when it happens, you will laugh last. I am, I'm not joking. I don't have time to tell you story after story. That is why I said when somebody asked me, how did you rise? I am a living, walking testimony that Jehovah wins battles. Every single step of my career, me, Okpayemi, Okpayemi, Okpayaoluwa, that's my name. Because I'm a, in the kingdom of hell, I am a walking testimony that God can remove you and grant you favor. So don't be afraid. But fear is also a spirit. Do you understand me? That creeps into you and affects your mind. So how do you deal a spirit? You reject it. But you don't reject So tonight, when you get home, everybody has said, if you want to do, if me, I tell you what I will do. I will wake up at midnight and I will deal fear. Let, this is real Christianity. We live in a spiritual place. Fear, you do not have dominion over me. I reject you, fear. I have the tongue of the learner. You will, when you get to that, of you yourself, you'll be in that body, you looking at yourself. Eh? Is this me? Try it. Today. Tonight. You have a meeting tomorrow. Tonight, you and God have a conversation. Not half sleeping. If you have to drink coffee, you drink coffee. Do you understand me? Because you're in the middle of a battle. And when you're in the middle of a battle, you cannot be half sleeping. You were carrying your weapons of warfare and you stand in the world and you pay the price that you have to pay for you to be able to push through that gate. Remember our Lord Jesus, sorry. Remember our Lord Jesus Christ said, they said, we lifted the gates, we lifted ancient doors. Who did the gates lift to? The king of glory, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one in battle. So when you hit blocks, right, you step into your persona. Why? Because you are hid with Christ in God. Do you understand? So you are inside Christ. Who carries the mantle of the Lord of hosts? You step into your battle weapon. You step into your secret place. Cock your gun. He will tell you what to do. No, none of us here can really tell you. That's the truth. We can only try. But he will tell you exactly what to do and it will be spot on. Okay. I hope I have helped you. Um, just to, okay, just to add to okay um, to what Opa said. Um, so I also think that I'm sure this is probably not what you want to hear now, but what I've come to discover is that for every place you walk, there's always something you 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 get out of it. I was once in a situation where, like, I was kind of like in your situation, where the person I was reporting to was so 
when I say wicked to me that I didn't even, I didn't even, I couldn't even, I wasn't saying it out, but my colleague almost every week would send like job applications to me. So pretty much telling me you need to leave. Like, you know, it was that bad. But yeah, it was quite toxic. But I remember every single th time I had to send an email to her, I, I always knew the next thing. She's calling my name, told me like something is wrong. You know, like I've not done this, I've not done that. But till tomorrow, I don't think I can send out any proposal, any email, and you'll see a mistake because I got like, it's, it's like clockwork. I can go over it 10 times because I know that. I don't know, it's like, yes, at the back of my mind, I'm hearing her scream, even till now. I'm not joking. And so with my work, you must, and this is not, at the end of the day, this is, I guess that was God's way of trying to prune me, you know. So even though now it doesn't look like, oh, it looks like everybody is ganging up against you, but I think you should just be a bit silent and, you know, try and find out what, what exactly is it that God is trying to teach me in all of this. Yeah. nasty things about me, like very nasty. Mm. And the fact that I have never reported was what made them, my review was like a movie, Nollywood movie. It was more like the HR will come and call me, um, Rachel, because we have a software where we use, um, B software we used to, where we put our reviews on. And she would call me, Rachel, I, I just saw the final, when I, so how it works is B soft is the, the man, you put in your review, your manager comments, right? Max you. And I was seeing zero, so I was like, wait, maybe I need my glasses. Like, for a whole one year, zero. And my heart melted. That was the first thing. And this is someone that I was supposed to get promotion early last year. And he told the CEO I wasn't ready for it. And there was no talk about it again. I didn't resign because I am not a quitter. The more you push me, the more I fight. So he knew that. And I think his next strategy was to, immediately, I, my, my ex, so he, he was my first manager. They removed him from heading me because I was the only girl in software engineering. And the next manager that came liked me for the first three months of working. It was superb, only for him to not like me again. So what did I tell you? Enter. I mean, my sisters. Enter. It was until January I realized that this is no longer funny. I realized I was depressed. I couldn't smile. I hated going to the office. And I'm someone who looks forward to going in the morning. I'm always excited. So what I did was I came to church, and we had a word, and I started praying. So this, so his, he, how I knew I was supposed to be sacked was... I'm sorry. I didn't even have a KPI, so I knew I was going to be sacked. So she calls me into her office, CEO, and she just tells me, Rachel, I want you to go on a three-month probational um, period, and this is my reason. She sacked every other person that, were, that had my review score, and she said, I want you to move to this department, and after three months, we'll have a review. Every month, we'll have a review. Actually, I, my new manager scored me 100 just last week. And no, so the problem is he's still, I'm seeing her inside talks. Sweetheart, enter the secret place. As a, go and remove, I'm serious. It's not, you will, it is the solution. And the only, and people don't like that because they want the solution that looks like somebody's going to come and talk to somebody. Spiritual things are not about somebody talking to somebody. 
Spiritual things are about God intervening in a matter. People have been fired because of other people. I know somebody that started praying every hammer, standing in the way of my Mordecai move in my life. Father, hang in the gallows. No, I'm not joking. And a few weeks after, the guy was fired. Are you kidding me? So what you're experiencing is not new. People have gone through it and they have stood. Is that correct English? <laughs> but they stood, you understand me? So you too. Do you get? I want the, uh, I'm going to keep tabs. I want you, but nobody can fight this fight for you. The problem is that people always want, no, this is you, you and God. You went, if you have to fast, you'll be fast. If it's 21 days, you will do it. If it's, you don't need people, church to declare 21 days. Where you, you know the problem that you're carrying. You will carry it. Or, people are laughing, I'm being real. You will carry it. I say, Father, is it 40 days? I will do it. But that somebody is going to come and move me from the place that you have blessed me in without me putting up a fight. What kind of child is that? Your father will cane you. And you are the daughter of the king of glory. When you step into a place, light steps in. Favor steps in. When you are walking to the office, you'll be declaring it. I am highly favored. You are focused. Like this battle, you are focused. You speak the word. You pray in the office. You take, ah, well, sister, <laughs> don't fall my hand on. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'll try and make this quick. Um, so I was thinking about the other to the confidence and assertive thing we spoke about, because I feel nobody ever talks about, or often it's forgotten that a lot of things men are complimented for, women are berated for, right? So you're confident, you're assertive, people think you're being an I to know, you're cocky. Because a lot of times the things people tend to like in women is women who do the work, they're very smart, but they don't like shout it out, right? So I think that's a thing that um, it would be interesting to find out how do you navigate that, right? You're confident, you know what you know, but you're also not rubbing people off the wrong way. And also, because I think that also has to do with the thing about female bosses. I've been blessed to only have female bosses. I've only been working a short while. But even I had to call myself out sometimes on things. I'd be like, oh, this person is mean. But then I'd ask myself if that was a man, would I just say, oh no, he's just, he just wants to get the work done. He wants to go home, right? But a woman tells me, Bukayo, I don't care, get it done, go home. Like, suddenly I'm like, ah, why isn't she being nice? So I'm like, I think that's the other side of it, the fact that a lot of times being confident or being the first to be like, oh, I have an opinion on this, sometimes actually you even pull to the side and berated about that, like, oh, you don't always have to say something. And, and I don't know, I think it's just an interesting point to try and navigate. So let me tell you what we see sometimes as a senior manager. There are two things you look for. You look for somebody that is a team player. You look for someone that is a team player. So you see, if you take the shine to yourself all the time, you're not a team player. There is wisdom in the way you handle things in the office. Do you understand? I have not been promoted before because the feedback they gave me, and I did, they gave me a letter of commendation, and they told me, you are a lone shining star, and we do not want lone stars. We want you to create other stars. So we are not going to reward you for shining alone. Do you understand? We need you to pull up other people and show them how to work. And that was what I had to do. And I learned that very early. So there are times in a meeting, especially when... So, when you're still at the entry level, right? And I'm not saying don't speak, I'm just saying that there is a wisdom element to everything that you do. 
So if you are always the one that wants to, you know, oh, I know it, I know it. There are sometimes you know it, and I can testify to you that you want to put up your hand and the only speech to say, put that down, put it down. I'm serious. Because somebody else, it's somebody else's turn. Right? Or somebody, let somebody else speak and then you add to what the person is saying. So you are seen as a contributor. There is a balance that no human being can teach you. You guys will notice that I keep going back to the God factor. There is a balance that no human being can teach you. When God has bestowed you with a lot of gifts, and you are an extrovert, or you're somebody that, you know, stands in front of the room and you're comfortable, you will also learn that there is a place where you restrain yourself and pull back, unless you will shoot yourself in the foot. And that balance, only God can teach you. So sometimes, when your boss is calling you aside, what they're actually saying is, sweetheart, learn to be a team player. You could have let somebody else speak in front of the CEO. We know that everybody knows you're smart. They know you know it. You could have stopped. Or you could even have passed the note to your colleague and said, you, you don't talk, say it, say it. <laughs> Do you understand? Mm -hmm. And that, that, what, what that also does is that it wins favor. Because you know peers. what we are looking for is leaders. So you don't want to be the only person and nobody likes you because you are the only one that is always talking. You want to be the one that still speaks but also has the capacity to pull everybody in the room. That is what you are looking for in an MD, an ED, a GM, or anybody that is heading a business. You, am I making sense? So that balance, if that is the problem, then as I always say, enter the secret place and go and say, God, teach me how to balance. Teach me when to talk and when to keep quiet. So that what? My words are silver apples, as in Proverbs, in gold settings. The right words at the right time. I hope I have helped. Am I okay? Thank you all so much. Uh, even me, I've learned a lot. Like guys, a lot. Okay. So going going in, going back into work tomorrow, we're going to be asking ourselves: What are we sacrificing? What are we reading? <laughs> what are we saying? What are we praying? What what testimony are we leaving behind? Who are we listening to, and who are we submitting to? What are you communicating? Are you communicating your value? And how are you communicating? And then what are you wearing, sisters? Okay, uh, I, I mean, there's plenty more to say, but I hope you listen. So even if I miss anything in the wrap-up, I hope you actually took, took a lot home. And then, of course, if you heard and you don't do anything, what you've heard, it was wasted. But going to work tomorrow, uh, I'm excited to hear, well, if we hear, how you guys turn around all the things that we've discussed today. Thank you for coming. It's time to pray. Yes, time to pray. So really okay, so let's get up on our feet. We're going to be praying the scripture. So you open your Bible. I'm a fond, I'm a lover of praying scriptures, and you can see I am a woman that has learned that prayer works. So I believe in the power of prayer like never before. In fact, if anybody believes prayer, if I give you testimony after testimony after testimony, it is in the place of prayer that issues are resolved. Do you understand me? So there are many, many things that you take to men that you should actually take to the King of Glory. Because why? A lot of men don't even know what they're talking about. As one of my bosses used to say, the past. Is it not how many years after? So people will say, ah, that's why that boy broke up with me. Oh, he's so that I can marry. The, the, the breakup happened five years ago. You're just finding out. It's just making sense. The present changes so swiftly that you don't even, I mean, one minute is like this, the next minute is like that. And the future, you don't even know what it is. And there's so many variables in that equation. So many variables that you don't know. Why would you make life-changing decisions? without asking the person that knows the answer to all the variables. Does that not sound like stupidity? Do you understand me? 
So you don't make career decisions based on how you are feeling. Feeling? You make career decisions based on what God tells you to do. You move when God tells you to move. You stay when God tells you to stay. So we're going to pray a scripture. Ephesians chapter 1. You're going to pray. Oh, but you know, we are going to speak it over yourself. The word is spoke, spoken. Can I, Hagin said, the reason why a lot of people do not experience miracles is because they do not speak the word. They pray, but they don't declare it on a day-to-day. Do you understand? So I want you to open your Bible because we're going to pray the word. So the way we're going to pray it and the way I know that words work is, let's go to verse 17. Go down to 17. Aha. So we're going to pray. We're going to ask God for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to pray. You're going to pray that the eyes of your understanding will be opened. Do you know why? So that you will know who God is and you will know who you are. And you will know the power that is available to you. So that the next time somebody is trying to mess with you, the eyes of your understanding have opened to the extent that you are like, ah, you don't understand. The back, because the help that you have, I learned recently that the quality of help, the person that is helping you, is the quality of help that you receive. Right? So when your backing is the king of glory, what quality of help are you receiving? Why would you go to a company, God told me one day, you will go to a company. I am the CEO, owner of the business. You will now go there. The receptionist will be telling you that you cannot see the ED. And you will go and you will walk out and you tell your back, I do your face like this. Where you know the person that is in control. He said, you go and tell, you call. You know what to call? Call on me and I will tell you great and mighty things that you do not know. You call. Big D, there is a problem. Some secretary does not want me to see somebody. That means I'll pray. And Big D will call D.E.D. and say, E.D., call this girl. I'm not joking. That's an analogy. But that is how people open doors. And that is how people miss budgets. So I'm not going to be praying all those. Uh, I'm going to pray scripture. So open the scripture. We'll start with verse 17 very quickly. We have just about five to ten minutes. Father, in the name of Jesus, what you will do is declare the word pray in tongues. Pray in tongues because sometimes you do not know how to pray. Do you understand? But speak the word because the word of God must come to pass. The Bible says that the word of God does not go back voice. So when you speak the word, everything created must obey that word. When you pray in tongues, you make sure that everything that you are praying aligns properly. That combination cannot be beaten. Open your mouth. This is not. A, this is a new church now. Shaka limbo rekeke. Open your mouth, Father. I pray that you give me. Oh, they are not shy. When God is blessing you, He's not shy. Open your mouth. I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I ask, Father Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray that I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The eyes of my understanding are enlightened. I know who you are. I know who I am. I know the exceeding greatness of the power that is available to me. Christ Jesus, uh, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, uh, I seated on him at the right hand of God the Father. I am not powerless. Uh, I am a son of the living God. Uh, I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Uh, I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation uh, in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Uh, the eyes of my understanding are enlightened. Uh, the eyes of my understanding are enlightened. Uh, in the name of Jesus the Christ, uh, I declare that I am a son of the living God. Uh, I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation uh, in the knowledge of Jesus Christ in Jesus name in Jesus name so uh, you can see that I was just going on so I just thought to say there you're going past 17 to 18 to 19 to 20 I think it's up to 22 so that's why I said open your Bible so that you can scroll through it yourself now I tell people and I'm going to break and say this because guess what thank you very much <laughs> as in no continue that's what I mean give us uh, as in 
I tell people that if you lock yourself in your room and start to pray, I am a son of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am a son. I am a son. I'm seated at the right hand of God the Father. Do that every day. 20, 20 minutes for one month. Ah! In fact, the things that will happen to you, you will not. So we play where we should be walking. There is a way you walk to. What did he say? Do you enter rest like that? What does the Bible say about entering rest? Labor. A lot of people don't want to labor. Do you understand me? This is church. There is no shyness in church. Open your mouth and declare it. Let heaven hear. Let hell hear. Do you understand me? And you, when we leave this place, you're going to pray because when we'll pray this for a few more minutes and we're going to declare, we're going to speak favor over everybody here. Father, we come as your children in the name of Jesus. Pray the scripture. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The eyes of my understanding continue to be enlightened. I know who I am. I know who you are. I know the exceeding greatness of the power that is available to me in Christ Jesus. I am not a powerless woman. I am not a powerless man. I am not walking around the earth without backing. I am backed by heaven. I know who I am. I am a son of the living God. I am hid with Christ in God. I am created with Christ in light because God is light. I am a son. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The word of God in my mouth is I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Now because we don't have time, you know this kind of things, I like to do it night video. Eh? You see, when you are young, you have time. Come and pray the spirit of wisdom and revelation for two hours. After that, you take a break, drink water. Because you guys are many, you help yourselves. Make sure that there's a coffee stand there. So anybody that is feeling sleepy that can drink coffee, you can drink coffee. But every other person that can drink coffee, drink coffee and come back. Use another one and a half hours to pray that I am highly favored. I am blessed and highly favored. It is me. I am favored. You see, when I stand before kings, they favor me. Did Esther, the Bible says that when Esther stood before kings, she had favor and approval. Have you forgotten? So I carry the Esther anointing. It is a king of glory matter. I am surrounded with favor like a shield. He protects me. Even when they are calling my name and favored. When there are men standing and favored. Ah, it is your turn. You declare my name is desirable. Nobody denies me. My name is favored. I declare it. Open your mouth. I am highly favored. I am surrounded with favor like a shield. You are what you say about yourself. In Jesus' name we have prayed. We have two minutes and we're going to take the last prayer point. 
and you're going to pray, Father, you know this song, Lord, I offer my life to you. Everything that I've been through, use it for you. You're going to rededicate your life today. You're going to say, Father, career, marriage, children, influence, money, of which, guess what? Your money is not your money. So when you start making those millions and God tells you, empty your account, transfer that five million you've been saving for car to somebody, and you start to be hot and cold, still do the transfer as you're sweating. As the sweat is dropping between the transfer. Because guess what? God owes no man. He will never ask you to drop something and not give you more. It is a matter of his integrity. So when God asks you to sow a seed, you should be running. When they say seed, you'll be like, ah, seed, ah, please, I'm the first person. Because I'll, oh, somebody shared a testimony with me. He told me that somebody, somebody very wealthy in Lagos now, a Christian guy, Osha, got on to drop his car many years ago. He said, car, we have only one car in our family. I don't tell me to drop my car. So he refused. He told his wife, wife said, drop this car. One day they were leaving church. Um, trailer brushed the car. The wife said, you know what? Just turn around and go and drop that car. He dropped that car. A week after, he got a new job. Brand new car. God was just testing him. That was the beginning. The way his career has gone does not make sense. Yeah, so, so now he's the first person when they say we want to say how much pastor please tell me because I have found one of the secrets of multiplication it is seed one of the secrets of multiplication is seed so every time I do it I'm like, drop seed quickly pay your tithe even if it's 100 naira pay it so that you can make a demand on that promise in Malachi chapter 3 but we're going to pray father can you play that song I can't sing sorry I'd have helped you but when they were queuing for voice, I was not on that lead queue. I was on the talking queue. So, if you could play, do you know the song? You don't know it? Oh, you don't know it. Is there any worship leader in the house? My life too. Can we take that song? Everything I've been through, use it for your glory. Lord, I offer my days to you. I praise to you. Thank you. As a living sacrifice. Lord, I Can we just take it over again? Lord, I offer tongues you take the song you talk to God father I lay my life at your altar this evening all over again every problem every trial the things that I have gone through that I understand the ones I don't understand the things that make sense the money the things that scare me the marriage the children oh will I get married will I not get married will I have children will I not have children nobody's toasting me nobody's seeing me father Victimizing me in the office, I don't understand. Lord, I lay everything at your altar. Lord, I offer my life. Open your mouth. This is you and God. Lay it at the altar. Use it for your glory. Yes, Lord. Lord I as a living sacrifice 
are young, well, some younger than others, but we are all young. And this evening, we table our lives at your altar. We lay it down to you to use as you will. Where we work is your decision, not ours. Who we marry, your decision, not ours. How we bring up our children, your decision, not ours. What we do with our finances, your decision, not ours. What we do with every platform, every opportunity you give us, whether it is a platform of one or a platform of many, your decision, not ours. The kingdom agenda in every office we walk in, your decision, not ours. Father, all over again, we lay our lives at your altar, a ready army for your glory. And we are so honored. We are so honored just to serve you. What a privilege. Thank you, Daddy. In Jesus' name we have prayed. We love you. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.